Hey, man. Welcome to the Badam Ching with Carl. Howdy, my riders, and welcome back to another episode of the Badam Ching with Carl, man. If you're uh, doing Sober October, uh, we'll see you soon, man. <laughs> Sorry about your luck. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. What's happening this week? I'll tell you what. For me, man, uh, comedy came back for me. On Tuesday night uh, at the East Room, we brought back Ultimate Comedy. And it's the first time that that show has been around since, I think, middle of March. And it was also the first night that I was actually back on stage. And... It was great. You know, it was a great night. Everybody was respectful of the rules in this new reality, you know. Um, I couldn't see a lot of smiles for the masks, but I, I felt it, man. You know, I could hear the laughs for sure. And it was really good to see half of those people's faces, man. Like literally, you know, just got to see half their face, which was very nice for me. <laughs> but, you know, it, it felt good. I, I was writing non-COVID COVID jokes, which is great, which is a good sign. I think that, you know, I'm starting to, my brain's starting to function like a, like a comic again, you know. And heard some really good stuff. Heard some not really good stuff, but that's open mic life, baby. And we'll see how it goes. Hopefully we'll be the safest mic in town and we'll just keep it going, you know. But anyway, I digress. Let's get into it, man. Mark Anunson. Man, what can I say about old Mark that most people ain't already said under the breath? <laughs> now, Mark is a old head in the Nashville comedy scene, man. In fact, he gave me a, like a like a history lesson of the of the scene, and and I think you're gonna hear a lot of it in this episode. So it's also informative. <laughs> uh, Mark's great, man. Uh, Mark actually gave me my first show, my first comedy show, my first gig, and I'll always be grateful to him for that, man. And in fact, I was able to, we were able to put him on the first show that I co-hosted, and and he bombed. <laughs> so you know, I gotta thank Mark for bombing on my show, man. I, I, I really appreciate that. Mark's great, man. He's also a musician. We're going to listen to some of his tracks on this episode. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mark Anunson. Here we go. So, my daughter lost her two front teeth. She's a 26-year-old meth head, so you might have, you should probably temper the enthusiasm just a little bit. Stepdaughter, not my kid, not, not my problem at all. I would never. My friends give me the crazy advice. They give me the crazy advice. Uh, they said you could use a vacuum cleaner extension to simulate oral sex. Have you heard this, sir? Have you heard this? Don't try it. Last night, I almost ripped my tongue out giving that thing a...
I think I gave that thing blue bag. I'm not, I don't know, not 100%, I don't know. Is that a thing? Is that, is that what the kids are doing? Is that what they're doing these days? Bought a sleep number bed last week. I haven't slept a wink. Every night I get in, I set it to 69, and I just giggle all night. All night long, I just... Oh, I'm a giggler, guys. That's what I do. I giggle. But then I gotta go to work in the morning. I'm so mad I didn't sleep. Every morning I get up, I lose my Tempur-Pedic. I'm like... Okay, that's not that great of a joke. It's nothing. Do me a favor, go home tonight and sleep on it. I'm sorta, you're gonna like it in the morning. That's stand-up comedy, friends. That's how you do it. It's that easy. So glad you're here tonight. That was like my intro, my epilogue. I don't know, is that what it's called? I don't know. Footnote, episode, what is this? I don't know. Vestibule, I think it's called. I don't know. First time doing comedy. I don't know how, I don't know all the rules. So I was at the gas station today, accidentally put Vin Diesel in my car. And now my car's acting really shitty because he's not, he's not a good actor, sir. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm saying. Mark and Nunce. Carl, it's great to be here on your podcast. Let me just tell you, this is my favorite podcast. I've listened to every episode, and I've know, I know all the guests you have, so I, I follow this very closely. That's, that's amazing. You, you texted me last week, and you're like, I'm listening to it on my treadmill, and that was like 8 in the morning. Oh, it was earlier than that. But trust <laughs> me, was earlier, you might not have seen it till 8 with your lifestyle. You know? Maybe, yeah. You're probably still up from last night, but yeah, oh, yeah, I'm on the treadmill listening, you guys uh, gave me a little shout-out. Yeah, we did. You me of not listening. That's true. Yeah, I was like, he's probably not you were wrong in your life. <sighs> I'm Love always it. listening. You are always listening. Listening, Carl. I'm always listening. <laughs> That's just a little, you know, we got a little robot thing here for your podcast. You know, oh, I like that, man. That's special effects. I have to pay for that later. Yeah, $4,000 per. <laughs> you know, just the remnants from, from Jokemon. I bought this thing for Jokemon and now we don't use it anymore. So, yeah, because uh, it's dead, you know, just like everything else. It's okay. No more comedy ever again. <laughs> We're done. That's true. Well, what I've a all better. I've never been happier. What a ride, you know. Uh, so I think that the East Room's coming back, like next what? week. I didn't know it went anywhere. Well, it's it's it was still there, but they're reopening. So we're gonna have the ultimate comedy again next week. Next week, I think so. Yeah. Here's We've a question: been, okay. They've been closed all this time. Did they uh-huh. get the urinal fix or it's still got a black trash bag? Uh, I haven't been there. I hope it's still broken, to be honest. <laughs> Every time I go in there, I'm like, man, one day I'm going to pee on that trash bag. I just know it. <laughs> a urinal is never broken, right? <laughs> no, no. It lives on. You know. So, dude, man. like, Yeah, let's get into it, man. Let's get into it, man. Like, I want to start with, I'd be curious to know how you got into the whole comedy Spiel, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. We, this might be a four-part episode, Carl. Okay. So back, you know, I was working this job, and I was always like the funny guy in the office. But I always wanted to do comedy. Like, mm-hmm. first, I really thought I wanted to do comedy. Like, I can tell you exactly when it was. It was 1989. It was almost 1990. I, got, mm-hmm. I had jaw surgery. And I couldn't what do happened? anything. So I had like, TM, real bad TMJ. Oh, okay. And they're like, you got I got all these screws in my jaw and everything. And uh, 
Like you have to have the surgery. Otherwise you're going to get lockjaw. So <laughs> at 19 years old, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I got to do this. So for the, I was laid up for like a week and like the comedy, comedy central was brand new. It wasn't even called comedy central. It was called like comedy network or something like that. <laughs> they didn't even really have that much program. They just showed stand up on a loop. So after the surgery, I lied in bed and watched just stand up on a loop like Jerry Seinfeld and, you know, Tim Allen, Ellen DeGeneres, just all these like 80s comics just on a loop all day. And I was pretty drugged up on Vicodin and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And I just thought, I was like, man, this is so cool. I want to do it. And, uh, you know, I was really into it. And then like I went out and bought that book by uh, Judy Carter. It's now it's called the Comedy Bible, but it used to be called like How to Do Stand Up. Mm-hmm. And it, it taught you how to do it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I never did anything with it. I read the book and I was like, all right, I still don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But then years later, it was like 2001. Some of my friends were going to this to Zanies. They had open mic and then they had like a sketch show afterwards. Hmm. Some of my friends were like, man, you're funnier than these people, these open mics. I'd never been to an open mic. I never even heard of a comedy open mic. I heard of amateur nights. Yeah, I, thought, I didn't. I thought you had to be like a professional. I didn't realize just any person could just go to an open mic. Right. Yeah. That, same. I, you know, I, I don't. Nobody ever occurred to me. You know, I would have done it. I would have done it years ago had I known. Mm-hmm. I thought you had to be like you had to know somebody. Or right. Had, yeah, that's that's completely what caught, kept me from doing it for so long. You know, like I just assumed oh you had to know somebody or you know like a there was, there secret no society. You know. Back then, there was no way to look things. There was no Google. You just, if somebody didn't tell you and it wasn't in an encyclopedia, you just didn't know. Mm-hmm. We were pretty dumb back then. <laughs> but like my buddies at work were like, hey, we're going to this. You should do it. You're funnier than these guys. So I went and watched it. And I was like, there was, there was some really funny comics on the open mic. But there was some that were just so bad. I was like, oh, I can, I can do better than these ones that are really bad. And uh, so I signed up. And I was like, oh, crap. I got, I got to write material. <laughs> so the, my first open mic at Zinni's was was postponed it, it was scheduled for september 11th 2001 oh wow so 2001 though. i'm riding into work that day practicing my jokes out loud i get to work and like the whole world changed right yeah. well i'm practicing my my jokes about tiger woods and, and bill hurd chevrolet you know and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only time Zinni's ever called me was just to tell me the uh, show's canceled uh, but then it gave me like a couple weeks to uh, you know write more jokes and get ready, and then I did it in 2001. I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm done. I did comedy. I'm out. And then I didn't do it for a couple of years. Oh wow! So you did one and done. Well, I take well, I take that back. I did two the first night. So I did one at Zany's. I invited all these people out. It was like all my friends came, coworkers. Which in hindsight, that's that's a bad idea. <laughs> Don't invite 50 people your first time because probably gonna bomb. I got lucky. I did. I did okay. I did fine. Like mm-hmm. they all loved it, and a buddy of mine recorded it, and you know it was it was great. I, I loved it. And then Chad Ryden, you know Chad Ryden. He was. Oh, like, yeah. He's like, hey, we got this. We do this other open mic later, at, over at the bar car. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'm I'm a big deal now. I'm gonna go over there. And I went over there and I just bombed. I bombed so bad that like uh, the other comics were all making fun of me and. <laughs> And uh, that's why I, that's how I became who I am because uh, I had such a great set, and then I did a set and bombed. And the next comic came up after me was Danny Lamore, and he just ripped into me. His whole set was just ripping into me how good I did at Zanies and how terrible. <laughs> I was like, oh man! And I was just laughing because he was right. It's like, yeah, comedy's easy when your friends are there cheering you on. And yeah, that, I was about to say that's probably that probably helped. 
you know. it was an easy show. I mean, I didn't know. I thought it was just going to be easy every time I got on stage, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't. And uh, he, he, he was mean to me. So that's why I'm mean to all the comics when I get up. I, if I go up after a comic, I'm going to be, be mean to the guy before me. <laughs> yeah, Danny Lamore to blame for that. Just, well, he was a great comic, and he's a good guy, a friend of mine. I don't see him that much, but like if I, if I were to run into him, it's, hey, you know, it's Danny Lamore. We're buddies, comedy buddies. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and it didn't do it. But then everybody kept saying, like, they'd introduce me at work to people like, oh, this is Mark. He's a stand-up comic. And I just felt like a, a fraud. So, yeah. yeah. So like... You were one of the, at this point being 2020, I think you're looked at as being like one of the, you know, old heads of, of oh, yeah. the Nashville uh, comedy scene. I know? should, I, I've been around too long. I've seen it go into a bunch of iterations. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of, I came into it at a time where it was like almost, it was dwindling down to nothing when I. When okay. I, really? We were doing shows at the bar car. There's only one open mic. It was the bar car. And there weren't that many people. And, you know, I guess Last Comic Standing came on and people started getting interested in doing comedy. And that kind of revived things. And okay. people started coming in uh, and, and new comics started showing up that were never there before. But, like, the people who had, were really active in the scene had moved on or moved, you know, like Tim Northern. He kind of still lived here, but he was on the road and went to Louisville. Keith Alberstadt was based here he moved to new york and just other people just kind of you know stopped showing up yeah but you know and there was no shows it was zanies there was really not a lot of booked shows there was it was very random that there would be a show like sometimes there'd be shows in printer's alley or but there's nothing consistent mm-hmm. and then craig smith um who you might remember him from Springwater. I don't know if I know him. he died a couple years ago so. i i heard about that i heard about him but i never got to meet him Oh, you would have loved Craig. Yeah, I heard he, he would. Yeah, I heard he about his sets and like just yeah, would kill his it. Sets were great, but he was a comics comic. He loved just talk, hanging out and talking. So I, w- I would talk to him. He started a show at the end in East in uh, downtown. Yeah, and I started a show in Murfreesboro, and then the scene kind of started. You know, there was more people doing comedy. We had more opportunities to do shows, and then really kind of, it really kind of got big. A guy named Wicks. You ever heard of Wicks Wickman? I have not. He he started doing this. It was a show and a competition at, at Boardwalk Cafe on Nolensville Road. And it was kind of like the little different pockets of comedy all kind of came together. I didn't even realize there was a whole like urban scene in Nashville until mm-hmm. he started booking the show. And he booked comics, you know, out of town comics would come in. Uh, and all of a sudden it was just instead of just the, the click of people who were at the bar car, you know, there was, uh, you know, black comics who we'd never seen before and that were already working other venues. We just didn't really, I didn't know like Renard and B Cove and TC that okay. well, I knew TC a little bit from Zany's, but there's all these other guys doing shows and we were all doing them at this one venue every week. And then the scene just from there, it really grew. Of the old school guys who are still around doing it, man. Like so, from your, your day, you know, nobody's like, I'm the only idiot still doing open mics probably. <laughs> uh, but Renard, uh, B Cove, Dan Whitehurst was around. Dan Whitehurst was the MC for my very first uh, open mic. So, uh, do you know Dan? He doesn't go to open mics too much. No, of him, man. You know, it, it's a name that's come come up, but I've never met him. Oh yeah, you'd like him. Good guy. So he's still around, but he—I mean, he tours and stuff. But of all the people who, you know, used to do open mics a lot, I wouldn't be surprised to see him at a local show. Hmm. You know, Chad Ryden. Yeah. Uh, 
but that's really about it. A lot of these people you just don't see anymore. It's a shame. Man. Move on and get get famous. Like Nate Bergazzi was. I was probably my second year of open mics. He had moved back from Chicago to Nashville, and he was doing open mics here. Yeah. And you know Billy Wayne Davis was doing open mics here. Mm-hmm. Those guys get big and move on, and you know. It's good that it's. I'm glad that Nate bases himself here. You know, that's great for. Yeah, it's good. Nashville, yeah. you know, like for sure. Absolutely. Any any comic, even like when Ralphie was, I mean, Ralphie was already big, well, big, you know, bigger. <laughs> he was rounded. Yes. He was already successful when he kind of, you know, moved back to, you know, Tennessee and put his roots here. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he'd come out to a lot of shows, but was, you don't see a whole lot of that anymore. Like when I was first starting comedy, a lot of the comics that were working zanies as the feature acts and sometimes some every once in a while the headliners they'd come out to the open mics mm-hmm. they just come out and do a set and hang out like henry phillips would always come out to open mics augie smith just guys who were at zanies for the week greg warren i think came out to a few yeah um but you don't really see I, I, at least i don't see those com- type of comics coming in not too much you know i wonder why that is i don't know one thing I did notice, a lot of comics, when they do, you know, who are on the road and doing shows, like, they won't necessarily use the open mic to do new material. Mm-hmm. I've seen some guys like, well, I saw him at Zany's last night, and now he's doing those same jokes. Hmm. It's one of those, once you have a certain credibility to your name, you know, certain expectations, sure. like, you can't just go up there and bomb in some random town where nobody, you know, where people know you as... <laughs> A good comic, you just can't come yeah. and try this bit about you know <laughs> knitting socks that I've never done before, and it's not like anything I've ever done. So I, I don't know how much of a benefit it is for for some of these guys to come out. But yeah, you don't see too many of the old heads hanging out at open mics anymore. And like, man, I'm when I go to open mics, I'm just so much older than anybody there. It's just all these people doing comedy are so young. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like I don't know? Do you feel an age barrier like as far as audience? No, not as far as being so old. Okay, more for, well, more for like getting booked on shows. Like, no, what twenty-three-year-old dude that's booking shows? Like, oh, you know, I, I really need to get, I really need to get some fifty-year-old married guy on, on, on the show here at this <laughs> brew house. <laughs> you know, I need, I need some sarcastic asshole that's gonna, you know, I'm gonna, yeah, book, my- he's gonna give me a hard time. He's gonna. Yeah. Make- his whole set he's like my parents are coming i need i need somebody their age you know yeah. that they can relate to exactly <laughs> i need somebody who grew up on the brady bunch to to do a guest spot <laughs> Dude, I, I said that, like every, but i can say like everybody that does book shows in town has been overly kind to me and putting me on shows and like you I, gave I, me my first show remember well i'm, I'm that i'm a good guy you know yeah apparently yeah, i don't know uh, we, we were at uh, Connor Larson's show at, at Southern Grist and you were doing a set and you came up to me. He was like, Hey man, like if I get a show and then you, you immediately said, I'll never get a show. <laughs> but, if I, but if I get a show, I want you to be on it. I thought that's very nice of you. Well, we got to back that conversation up because we were at that show. It's like, Oh, Carl, are you on the show? And you're like, no. Yeah. Just I'm hanging like, out. Oh, why not? And you're like, and you're like, all I've ever done is open mics. And that blew my mind because I'd go, I was going to the East room every couple of weeks and you were like one of the best comics there in my oh, wow. I mean, I can't it's my, just my opinion. I mean, a lot yeah, of people were, probably disagree. You were drunk, but in my opinion, <laughs> you were like, and, and you know, just not just, you were good because you were tr- always trying out new stuff, new bits. And I liked how 
you know, you would use that time wisely. You know, I could tell you were working on stuff and you had good enthusiasm. You had your own unique way of doing things that stood out from the other 25 comics. Like, I didn't know who you were, but I was like, oh, that Carl guy, I like him. He's, he's good. So oh, I just man. assumed you were doing shows everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's why I said, I was like, man, if I get a show, somebody books me for something and I can bring somebody, I'm going to call, I'm going to call Carl. But yeah, and then like a week later, I guess. It was a week later. Yeah. yeah literally a week. Guess what, and, Carl? And it was Chad Rodden. You know, it was Chad his, Rodden. his, uh, was the Spiffy Squirrel show. Spiffy Squirrel show. I love those things. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, Chad has been great about, you know, booking me at, at everything he's always had. So, you know, Chad's always been good to me, man, like this whole time too, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, which is funny because years before I started comedy, I, I went to Zanies and I can't remember who he opened for, but I saw Chad for the first time. I was like, oh, and I found out he's from Nashville. I was like, oh, this guy's like a real comic. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't call him a real Well, I mean, I was naive. I was drunk, too. So I, like to, I, like to, I always give Chad a hard time. But Oh, yeah. It, he's not listening either. So if he no, was, though. You know, you know, I bet he is listening. He might be. Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, it was, it was you two guys that, that gave me the first show. And, and I'll always remember that. And, and what a great show it was. <laughs> it was there fun, were, man. There were eight people in the audience, and I know I walked a couple during my yeah. And, and that couple was uh, some good friends of mine, which was perfect. I don't know if I ever told you that, but like they they got up and left during your set, and then you you proceeded to roast them for twenty five minutes. I loved it. that. My whole set was just about them leaving. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, Mark, obviously, like another big reason I got you on the show is because you are a musician. Oh, and that's thank you for that. the whole thing. Well, you you're play music. Ever, you're the only person who's ever called me a musician before. Oh, man. Well, you heard it here first. You know, you're so welcome. You pay me to say that. But that's okay. You know, PayPal's on its way. <laughs> I bet it is. I don't trust you. Anyway, man, like, like, how long have you been playing, man? Like, I've been playing. playing on so I've been playing the piano since I was like uh, in elementary school. No shit. Yeah. But I'll tell you this, I wanted to be a drummer. Did you know that? I did not know that. So when I was a kid, I wanted to be a drummer. And like my parents, they, you know, they try. They don't they don't really know much about music. Remember my dad, my dad, you know, he he didn't really know how to deal with that. You know, he wanted me to play baseball and all that kind of stuff, which I, I played. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. Like same. He took me to he at least tried. He took me to the music store, right? Mm-hmm. And he told the guy, said, Hey, my kid, he wants to he wants to play the drums. What what do we do, right? Cause he didn't, you know, he didn't know what to do. And the guy's like, Oh, does your kid go around the house banging on pots and pans and, and playing stuff? And he's like, no, he goes, oh, he didn't want to play the drums. What? <laughs> and he's like, I'll tell you what, buy this, buy this piece of wood uh, with a cushion on it. And if he plays that, he probably come back and talk to us. We'll, we'll sign him up for drum lessons. So I was like, Where, I don't want to do that. Was this here? Did you grow up in Nashville? No, this was in New Jersey. In New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. So, what is this piece of wood with a pillow? I've never. <laughs> you, you never saw those things you practiced on by hitting the little wood um, to keep time. It's like a wood thing with a cushion on it, and you you bang the. Oh yeah, man, that is old school. I've seen that. Yeah, it's like a practice pad, but it's like one of the first practice. Like nineteen seventy six. That's not. It's yeah. like a King Kong poster behind. Yeah, nineteen seventy seven. Uh huh. So was it? Did it have like a little angle to yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've only seen like one of those like twice. Oh, he was trying to sell us one, and then uh, the dude's like, "If he, if he bangs on this, then we'll." Sign. I just wanted to sign up for lessons. You could take lessons at the store without like uh, owning a drum set. Sure. So this guy just sees like, yeah, he don't want to do it. So, um, so I never got. To, I never became a drummer, Carl. Wow. I had to take piano lessons. So, 
I thought like, so our neighbor was selling a piano and I was like, I told my mom, so we should buy their piano. My mom's like, if you buy it, you, if you buy it, you got to take lessons. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do it. I, I want to play the piano. I don't know why I said that, but I just, our neighbor was selling it. I wanted, I wanted the piano for some reason. I was a kid. I don't know. I was like nine years old, 10 years old. So, so where did the enthusiasm to want to play music come from for you? So I, I'll, I'll tell you, let me get out. It's a long story, but hopefully it's worth it, Carl. I hope it's okay. worth it. So we bought the piano from the neighbor. A bunch of people from the neighborhood helped us get in the house. And the piano, it sat there. It sat there for like a year, two years. Mm-hmm. Maybe played it twice, walked by. Then all of a sudden I'm outside with my friends one day. And my mom says, come on in the house. And I'm like, what? Why? She's like, we, you're having piano lessons today. I was so mad. I was like, oh man. She's like, you said if I get that, if I buy that piano, you're going to take lessons and learn it. It's like, yeah, I did say it. So I'm standing there in the kitchen looking out the window at the driveway and this little white Camaro pulls up. Door opens, big blonde hair, (laughs) tight little sleeveless sweater, tight jeans, boots. And she starts sashaying up the driveway. I'm like, oh hell yeah. (laughs) I was like, I had to be 10 or 11 years old, but. That was yeah. like my first crush. I'm like, I'm taking some piano lessons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I took piano lessons with her all the way till I graduated high school. Oh, I'm a, I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, when she, when she got married, I was like, I don't know how old I was, maybe eighth or ninth grade when she got married. Man, oh, broke my heart, man. Mm. She was the one. What was her name? Uh, her name was Debbie Clapp at the time. Debbie Clapp. That was Debbie Wisniewski. But she was, and she, on top of being, you know, of course, I was, kid you know first probably crush i ever had mm-hmm. he was really nice and she she knew like i was taking piano lessons but i could really care less like she pushed me but not to the point where i was not going to enjoy it she mm-hmm. helped me find a way to enjoy taking piano lessons like she she was made it creative for me it wasn't just the you know you got to learn these scales and don't hit a wrong note practice this 500 times because she knew okay. i would i would not like it right you can check out yeah wasn't musically inclined. I really wasn't. I, you know, anything I do musically, I learned the hard way. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if I play something and it sounds good, it, it it's it took a lot of work just to get to that point. No, I understand yeah. that. Yeah. But then, like we moved, my family moved from New Jersey to Texas in 1988, and I didn't know anybody. So, and we had the piano. So that's when I started playing. When I was like 18, 19 years old. Um, when I was I was in college, but I'd come home and I'd play the piano and I'd just play it for hours. And I really just got into playing my own stuff and, and, and just enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And, and enjoying, enjoying like learning and, or like uh, just being creative with it. Right? Yeah. I would just, I didn't have anything to do. I played basketball at night and during the day I'd play the piano and, you know, got a little bit better and then, you know, bought a synthesizer, you know, thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then I was working at McDonald's when I was, Right before I got married and I had a buddy, he played the drums and, you know, we've talked about jamming and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, we should jam sometime. Still in right. Texas, right? This is in Texas. Okay. In Louisville, Texas, right outside of Dallas. He's like, yeah, I got it. My buddy plays guitar. He said, we should jam. And we didn't have anywhere to jam. So it was right before I got married. I was at my parents' house. I was like, let's play at my parents' house. I mean, I'm moving out in a couple of weeks, but we can jam there. So we jammed there. We had fun. Mm-hmm. It was Paul and John, who I'm in the band with now the guy who I still write with it was us three at the time and we jam was fun 
And then there was really nothing else. I moved into an apartment. They all lived in apartments and, you know, there was really no, we didn't have, there was nothing other than that. But then I had this job where I drove a school bus and uh, Paul still worked at McDonald's. And I'd see Paul in the mornings. Like I'd be driving by at six o'clock in the morning. Paul would be, <laughs> Paul would be walking to work. He, he, uh, he'd be out on the road. But like, Paul, what's up? And, you know, <laughs> hanging out, hanging out of the school bus. <laughs> I, I was driving my bus to go pick up kids. It was empty. And, you know, we just yell at each other, after, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And then one day, one day I'm driving out there. He's like, call me, call me. I was like, what? He's like, we got a bass player and we got a place to play. I was like, all right. So then we uh, called him up and we went to this dude's house that I didn't know. I got there before John and Paul. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, like I'm here to play music with you and he just like let me in the house and just walked away <laughs> and next thing you know I was in a band with those guys and you know that's kind of how it all got going for me playing like in a band and playing live wow college age just you know playing live shows was just so much fun what was the name of that band that was sometimes why sometimes i think why. other bands out there called that but at the time we thought we were you know, we had no internet you know, yeah, sure. we have a way to check to see if there are there any other bands named Sometimes Why. We'd go down to Sam Goody and go, look, there's no other <laughs> no other bands called Sometimes Why. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we named ourselves Sometimes Why. What year did you move to Nashville? 95. Been here 25 95. years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, you know, kind of lost touch with those guys. But then, you know, I'd see him when I went to Texas sometimes. We'd, we'd try and connect a little bit. But, you know, with the internet and everything, you know, Probably in the mid two thousands, me and John started sending tracks to each other back and forth, and mm-hmm. sent me some guitar stuff. I'd send him some some drums, and actually, he was in another band, and I actually wrote some lyrics for some of their songs that they were performing and playing out live. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we always just kind of kept touch musically, but it was really kind of like in two thousand nine where we got kind of like, hey, this is this could kind of be a thing. Let's start putting some stuff out. So we've been and- putting like little records and EPs out ever since. You and John, and that project's Berserk, correct? It's called Berserk, yep. So my nickname growing up was Biz. Well, it was Biz Marquee in high school. And in Texas, <laughs> they called me the I had a lot of the nicknames in high school. But in Texas, when I moved to Texas, I was, work, again, working at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. There was two Mark A's. So they put your first name and your last initial on the, count, on the schedule. Sure. And uh, when they did that, me and the other Mark A would show up. And like, oh, yeah, we only need one of you guys. <laughs> so they asked the dude, they're like, well, you just started here. Do you have a nickname? And the dude's like, no, nah, I don't have any nicknames. So they asked me if I had a nickname. I'm like, yeah, Biz. I just showed him <laughs> Biz Marky. It's like, yeah, just Biz. Just call me Biz. Yeah. And uh, so from that point, it, all my friends in Texas called me Biz, you know. So no shit. I, I didn't know that. I stopped going by Biz when I moved here. Oh, okay. I was like, it's like, me, you know, I'm meeting people. I'm like, what's your name? Uh, biz. <laughs> <laughs> So I like going back to Texas and where I, you know, I have my good friends uh, will call me biz over there. It's kind you of just, nice. you just like, you know, tailgating at the McDonald's like biz is back, baby. <laughs> and John, he was like, he was on the internet early and he is, his like screen name was Burke B I R Q just cause he thought it looked cute. Cool. Mm-hmm. So cute. <laughs> looked cute. He was cute. So we combine them together and it's berserk B I Z R Q. Perfect. So, and so you guys have been doing stuff since 2009, right? Yeah, pretty regularly since 2009, wow. but we've been playing together since, you know, 91 was the first time we, we played together. That's wild, man. Yeah, it's almost 30 years ago. Well, dude, like, you know, one of the songs you sent me was off of your latest release, which oh, is, is, uh, is it Thursday yet? Yeah. 
No, it's Wednesday, Carl. It's Friday when people are listening to it. But it's not Thursday yet. It's never. It never is. It's Thursday somewhere, baby. Well, let's play a little bit of uh, the first song off the new EP, correct? So uh, let's play a little bit of Pay It On. All right? You down with it? Do it. All right, let's do it. There it is. Oh, wow. Thanks. Thanks, Carl. Thanks for playing that track. Yeah, man. Thank you, dude. And I want to play a little bit of another one. It's one we talked about before this a little bit, and I kind of picked up on it immediately. It's like, yeah, I dig this, man. It's called Half-Ass. Oh, yeah. Why is it called Half-Ass, man? <laughs> That's a good question. So whenever we're working on a track, right, we got to come up with a name just as a working name, right? Mm-hmm. And usually when the song's done and the lyrics are written, we change the name. And I just, I never did it for this one. <laughs> so we'll name it, be like chicken dinner or, you know, surprise guest. I'm just trying to think of some of the, you know, Monday morning coffee. We'll just name it anything to start the project. And then, you know, once the song's written, they'll be like, oh, you know, that's this, this song is about this. I never came up with a name for this song. So I just left it as the half ass. That's the guitar so, lick he sent me. It was called half ass. So yeah. we just left it. That's half-ass. So there it is. So let's check that out. Half-ass, baby. Let's go for it. you've named that song uh that seems appropriate full ass <laughs> full ass <laughs> that makes sense dude you know it's funny that you're the third synth based musician i've had on this show already <laughs> dudes who play the guitar for the most part aren't funny man they're so serious about themselves right mm. 
oh, play the guitar. They get all the babes. The synth player is the nerd that's mm. the goofball, right? So yeah. us, us synth people, we, we love stand-up. It's just wild, man. Like I, I never would have thought synth would have been so rampant in the comedy community. Yeah, well, it makes perfect sense to me. Like Guitar dudes, they get, they get the chicks anyway. They don't have to be funny, right? Right. Comics, you know, they got to try and be funny to get the women. Same, so, same thing with synth players. I, I, I kind of feel like maybe I should pick up synth. It may make me a better stand-up. It will. It will. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> Absolutely. I think we did it. I yeah. appreciate you having me on. This was a lot of, this is truly a highlight for me. Me too, man. Like, like it's a treat to talk to you. I haven't, we haven't really conversed since the whole pandemic thing. I know. So we'll have to, we'll, we'll, we'll just do this more often. Let, yeah, let's please do We should do it every week. This should be the podcast right here. This should be it. I should be on there just every, every week. week. Yep. I've told all my stories on this one. I have no, no new stories. Good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just start making shit up. You know? <laughs> Mark, where can the people find you, man? Like uh, you're so I, I live in Antioch. Uh, <laughs> <my road. laughs> you know where that guy got shot not too long ago? Just take a left. <laughs> that guy got shot. Yeah, we usually hang out at the Olive Garden over there too. Right? Follow the follow the trail of blood and trash right to my doorstep. That's that's all Antioch is. I'm sorry, Antioch. That's mean, but yeah, uh, that's okay. I've, I've been here for a long time. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, and I'm never moving. I'll be <laughs> murdered here in the next. <laughs> Good. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Ye Old Walrus. That's right. And Instagram, I'm at Manunso, M-A-N-U-N-D-S-O. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to find me on Facebook. I mean, just put in my name or just, something like just that. Mark. <laughs> it's just Mark. 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 Yep. And uh, Mark. yes, on Christian Mingle, I am Brian Bates. On Christian. It's <laughs> <laughs> such up. a creepy name, man. Why'd you choose yeah. that? Brian Bates is, yeah, that's a real creepy name. <laughs> ladies and gents we did it man <laughs> want to apologize to our man brian bates man i don't know where mark was going with that one you know we love you baby guys thank y'all for listening again follow the Badum Ching with carl on apple Podcasts, on spotify on iHeartRadio, on google podcasts on other platforms probably <laughs> click that subscribe love that like Give us a review, good or bad, man. We'll take it all. We'll leave you guys with a song by Mark's band Berserk off their latest record. This one's called Monohog, guys. See you later.